Wales isn't England. Yeah, obviously Wales isn't England. Obviously not. Wales never has been England. But in the past, that's what it said in the Encyclopedia Britannica, for Wales, see England. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and I'm here to take you through a special show today that I'm dedicating all to just one language and a tiny bit of its story. As always, I want to give a shout out to our wonderful sponsor, which is an app that I have been using quite a lot actually on the road. And that's because mobile language learning has that one advantage that you always have it in your pocket. These days, it's very rare that you go anywhere without your phone. Today's show is brought to you with support from Smart Cards Plus the new flashcard and spaced repetition app that helps you review new vocab on the go. The app is well designed with a simple interface that gets out of your way and lots of custom review options that will satisfy your inner nerd. So if you're something like an Anki user, you'll really try this and enjoy this one as well. The thing I like about Smart Cards Plus is the ease and speed with which I can make my own flashcards. So whenever I hear a new word on the go, when I'm in a DOS bath in the Welsh course and I hear a new Welsh word, I can type it into my phone and it is straight into this wonderful flashcard app that then starts the reviews for me. And it does lots of really neat little things that just make life a little bit easier. For example, I can tell it which side of the card is which language and then it automatically switches the keyboard and the autocorrect options switch accordingly. So it's the little things that make Smart Cards Plus one of the most user-friendly flashcard apps I've ever seen for this kind of work. You'll have to check it out yourself to really look at it and it can do lots and lots and lots more cool cool things. It's also ready for the iPhone 10 and it supports drag and drop for the iPad so if you're using this on an iPad you can drag images from your browser and make your flashcards even richer. You can also use audio, it's all right there. Smartcards Plus has a special website for Fluent Show listeners, and that is www.smartcardsplus.com slash fluent, which is where you're going to get a free month of unlimited premium account usage, which is unlimited flashcard reviews. Otherwise, it's 25 reviews a day. And to be honest, for me, most days, that's enough. The annual price is $7.99 if you choose to go ahead, so that's not a lot. But for you as a listener, just try out 30 days of unlimited memory-boosting flashcard fun. So that is smartcardsplus.com slash fluent, and you'll be supporting our show and giving yourself a leg up with your vocab study. Now, let's talk about Welsh. Welsh is a language spoken in the United Kingdom by about half a million people. And that is around 19% of the population of Wales. When you send a letter to the UK or you try to look up the UK on a map, you might not see Wales 
because it is not officially a designated country in itself. It is one of the four nations that make up the United Kingdom. And as such, Wales has sometimes been a little invisible. When I first moved to the UK 15 years ago, I wasn't even aware that this language existed. I lived in England and to me Welsh was somewhere between dead, a fairy tale, a story of times past, people used to speak Welsh in these hills, and just this postcard language where maybe you can buy a cutesy little heart to hang on your wall and it might say the word for love in Welsh on it or we love this house, but there wouldn't be anything living in this language. So imagine my surprise when I found over the years of living here that, oh, there's a Welsh TV channel, there are Welsh soap operas, and when you go there, there's most definitely a lot of signage in the language. I became more and more intrigued and then at some point started learning. And what I found was surprising. Far from being a dead language or a dying language, Welsh is actively undergoing a revival. It's 10.30 on a Thursday morning and the Easter course at the Welsh for Adults Centre in the University of South Wales is breaking for tea and coffee. The room is packed. There are different levels of Welsh learners here, from the taster course attendees all the way up to the Iwch level, that means advance. The course is a two-day event designed to get people interested in the Welsh language and support them if they're attending more regular courses. And every now and then, a self-teaching student like me turns up as well. Here's Janet, our tutor for this two-day event. So hi there, um, I'm Janet and I'm the Welsh tutor on the Welsh uh, Easter course. There's about 70 people, I think, on this particular course here across six different classes. There were over 100 here at Christmas time. Mostly you get uh, a lot of parents who, whose children are in Welsh medium schools, they go to Welsh for family courses, you get others who maybe have studied back in the day and want to improve their skills or complete beginners who want to work uh, to use Welsh in the workplace. So the various reasons and motivations for people to uh, go to learn. Sometimes they feel they missed out, they haven't learned when they were younger, or they didn't take it seriously when they were younger, it wasn't compulsory, it is compulsory in schools now, and they just feel they want to learn about their heritage and their background. And others, perhaps they're motivated by work reasons, it's always an advantage to have a Welsh qualification in the workplace as well. So there's a number of different reasons why people uh, come back. Uh, it's quite satisfying to see the number of people who are enrolling increasing. Although it's good news for the Welsh language right now, this minority language has not always had such a success story to tell. Welsh actually did all right until the 19th century. Thank you very much. But as the nation entered a turbulent period in history, the MPs and lawmakers in London started to wonder, why are these Welsh folks so much trouble? The reason, concluded MP William Williams in 1847, must be that the Welsh are not educated correctly. And how could they when everything's in Welsh? The education experts at the time decided that this could not continue and introduced harsh measures to start eliminating Welsh from public and school life. On my course, I met Morvith, a retired teacher who's now catching up on learning Welsh. As a child, she didn't learn, even though her mother was a native Welsh speaker. Well, Morvith, we, and we're in the now. 
I'm Morved and I'm learning Welsh now. My mother spoke Welsh only before she went to school. Her first day at school, because she could only speak Welsh, she was smacked across the face. Her parents, realising what was happening, made sure both my mother and her two younger brothers spoke English. So, you know, in the house, therefore, there was a lot more English. Mm -hmm. And she was orphaned by the time she was 12. Uh, as a result of that, she decided that her children would not speak out because she didn't want them to be, well, beaten up. All my great aunts spoke Welsh. In fact, all my mother's family spoke Welsh. And my mother's brothers, as a result of them not having the same treatment as my mother, um, they were quite comfortable with Welsh. And if I went out with my uncles, they would speak to their friends in, in Welsh. I did ask my mother why wouldn't she let me speak Welsh and she wouldn't tell me. I'm the generation after the generation that got, quite frankly, beaten up for speaking Welsh. So in Morvif's youth, speaking Welsh was not seen as an advantage at all. She moved to England and lived her life through the medium of English, but eventually life brought her back to her Welsh roots. And after retiring, I came back home to Wales. After my husband died, my younger son suddenly said to me, Mum, what have you always wanted to do? And I said, I would like, I've always wanted to be able to speak Welsh. So he said, go for it. For Morvith, fulfilling her lifelong dream of learning Welsh is becoming a reality, supported by the huge range of affordable and accessible Welsh courses in every district, no matter how rural. In 2017, the Welsh government unveiled a new strategy, Cymraeg 2050, to increase the number of Welsh speakers in Wales to 1 million by 2050 and to build a platform in society for Welsh to be spoken more often. This rise and ambition of the Welsh language is not just down to luck. For many decades, Welsh citizens have taken to activism and resistance to secure and demonstrate their language rights. In the 1960s, the activist language group Cymdaithas Iriaith campaigned for many of the things that are now bilingual standards in Wales, such as road signs and official council letters. Basically, almost everything that we've got in Wales that is bilingual has come about through protest. That's the voice of Stefan Webb, a Cymdaithas member who I met with in a cafe in Cardiff to learn more about the story of language activism in Wales. Croesroi Gymru, enwi ydy Stefan Webb, tiwtio Cymraeg a dwi, neu tiwtio Cymraeg oedd yn ni a dwi'n gweithio gyda Cymdaithas yr iaith hefyd. My name is Stefan, I have been a Welsh Adults tutor, I have been a teacher in school and I've also had years of work and activism with Cymdaithas yr iaith, which is known in English as the Welsh Language Society. If you go back to when the Welsh Language society was set up in the 1960s, a guy called Saunders Lewis gave a very famous speech where he tracked the census in Wales and noted the decline, 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 decline and just said quite simply, well, if we don't do anything, then the Welsh language is going to die within the next generation or so. We should do something to change that. And they blocked the bridge into Aberystwyth. They sat there and they blocked the post office van which went into Aberystwyth every day 
And the argument basically was we pay our taxes, we pay to use the post office, it's our service. You should give us services in Welsh, you know, the ability to use, to send letters in Welsh, to use Welsh language names and addresses and so on, and to have forms and so on. There was one spectacular case about that time or just prior to that, not by Cymdeithas Eliaeth, but by individuals, a family called the Beasleys in Llanelli. It's still a pretty Welsh-speaking town now, but it was much more so then. And they simply said, well, okay, we'll pay our taxes when you give us a form in Welsh. Mm -hmm. If you give us a form in Welsh, and we'll pay our taxes. And the local council said, well, you know, we note your request, no, pay your taxes anyway. And they said, no. So they said, well, okay, we'll send the bailiffs. So they did, and three years in a row, the bailiffs went to the Beasley's house and took away all their furniture and took away all their belongings to pay their taxes. Well, that happened year after year after year until finally the council gave up on that game and said, okay, we'll spend £10 and translate the form for you. There's the form. Please save us the bother of having to come to, to pinch your furniture every year. Camdathas most certainly were not afraid to make themselves a little bit of a nuisance in the name of language rights, if need be. Uh, you mentioned being in Cardiff now, how you see Welsh all around you. Initially, Camdathas began by painting out English language road signs. So uh, just writing the Welsh name under the English? Well, a, vi- a variety, a variety okay. of ways. Um, there was crossing out the English, there was doing it yourself and putting the Welsh over it. Because of the accusations of vandalism and being criminals and so on, people realised actually that defacing signs had some counterproductive elements. People didn't, don't like seeing things painted out and so mm-hmm. on. Um, so the answer to that was quite simply, you get a spanner out and you take the sign down. So again, in the 1960s, English-only road signs simply disappeared. (laughs) They just were taken down and there weren't any road signs Mm. anymore. All the bilingual things you see around have come about as a result of protests. The members of Cymdeithas Iaith saw themselves aligned with other non-violent activists, such as Martin Luther King and Gandhi. Many members were arrested asserting their willingness to go to court for language rights. And over time, this fight for language rights has led to significant changes in law and society. The Welsh language has not died out. Until today, though, the Welsh language society remains an active protest movement, and Stefan explained that they see a long way to go still. There are lots of official recognition for the language, But the actual opportunities to use the language as a live community, everyday language, where you walk down the street knowing that everybody in that street speaks your language, are decreasing. I mean, you've basically, you've got Carnarvon, you've got a few other, you've got some villages, a few very small towns, but they are decreasing. So what you've got is increasing numbers of people being able to speak Welsh, Mm-hmm. decreasing use of Welsh as a live community village or town language and what you're seeing is use of Welsh in networks whether it's football through the medium of Welsh or tiddlywinks or swimming or 
wine tasting or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and in Cardiff you get lots of services through the Medium Welsh. But every day in Cardiff, when I go into a shop or a pub, I have to make that decision. Am I going to betray my identity and myself and just start in English? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to start every conversation in Welsh? And if you've had people shout at you and tell you not to and so on, there are lots of reasons why Welsh speakers don't start every conversation in yes. Welsh because they get bullied out of it and intimidated out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they think, well, it's not worth it. But um, if the language is going to survive, then we need people to use the language. We need people to do that publicly. As you can hear, emotions about language and identity run high in Wales, and the campaign for language rights continues. This target of increasing the number of Welsh speakers to 1 million by 2050 was exciting to everyone I spoke to, from Welsh tutor Janet to campaigner Stefan. These days, it's still far from compulsory to speak Welsh in Wales. Especially in the South and the capital Cardiff, English speakers can live and work comfortably without learning the language of Welsh. One thing that has changed over the years is the addition of more modern ways to learn, using online resources. Since its addition to the Duolingo platform in 2016, the Welsh language course has attracted over a million learners who are giving the language a go. Another popular course is Say Something in Welsh, an independent online resource focusing on enabling learners to speak everyday Welsh just like how it's spoken outside the classroom. This means that there are independent Welsh learners popping up everywhere in the world, learning online just like me. In Cardiff I met with my friend Gavin, who's got 13 years of Welsh learning under his belt. Gavin Dwi, we're in Bali and Cymru, uh, we'n Gwrabws yn Hardydd, a dwi'n dysgu a siarad Cymraeg am 13 mlynydd. Well, my name's Gavin, I'm uh, from South Wales, a little town called Barry, or started learning Welsh 13 years ago, and I consider myself a speaker, but I don't really get the opportunity to use it as much other than stock phrases I use at work, which just comes naturally. When Gavin started learning Welsh, he was still living in Kent in South East England, which is where I live now and I can tell you it's not exactly a Welsh-speaking area. So how did he get interested in the Welsh language? And it was all thanks to a little-known programme on uh, now on Channel 5 called Big Brother. It was on Channel 4, where two contestants, one from North Wales, one from South Wales, um, met and uh, started speaking Welsh on the programme. Every night uh, I watched the highlights, absolutely mesmerised by this beautiful language being spoken by two young people mm. and inspired me to up my learning. But, um, I was playing around with quite a few languages at the time, um, but Welsh and other Celtic languages, they just, they just uh, blew me away and I thought, I want to I spend more time on these. Uh, when I started, all we had was BBC catchphrase. This was in 2006. Back then, it was pretty much the only language I could, well, the only uh, course I could find that was teaching Welsh for free on, on, on the website, on, on, on the internet, shall I say. As the years went past, more resources became available, including uh, translation websites and uh, personal websites and blogs of people um, learning the language. So it kind of gives you a bit of inspiration. I started looking for a few more websites uh, that could teach me how to speak the, the language. I found BBC Catchphrase didn't really help in that sense. 
um, there wasn't much um, in the way of speaking practice. It was all um, written, the reading and writing, and of course um, listening. But it, it, didn't, it didn't really give you an opportunity to speak with other learners and mm -hmm. stuff. And I found through the Say Something in Welsh website um, in 2012, they'd been going for three years prior, but um, I'd only discovered them in 2012, that there was this option of um, being able to speak the language because that's what they taught you, how to speak it. It didn't teach you how to read and write it, it was just conversational side of things. Mm -hmm. And also they taught you how to speak it colloquially, so it's, um, it's not so uh, stock phrases, um, how you'd hear it in a classroom, it was how you'd hear it if you were actually speaking to someone on the street in Wales, in a Welsh speaking area. And I listened to the first lesson and I already felt like a Welsh speaker after just one lesson. It, it was addictive and I just thought, no, I'm going to do the next one and the next one and the next one. My spoken Welsh has improved more because of Say Something Welsh than it has through any other resource that I've been looking through over the last 12, 13 years. I, feel, I, I kind of feel proud to be continuing um, something that's old, even older than English and has been in danger and I'm contributing towards keeping it alive. In all my conversations with Welsh learners, that sense of pride described by Gavin came up again and again. It's worth noting that no one who I spoke to for this podcast, even the Welsh tutor and the Welsh language campaigner, was a native Welsh speaker. They all told me, I learned Welsh just like you're learning Welsh right now. As a learner of this language, you become aware that you're part of a tradition that has fought for the rights of the people here to speak and live their life through the medium of Welsh. The story of the Welsh language is far from over, and it's still hard to see what the number of speakers might actually be in 2050, the year of the government's one million speakers target. But one thing's for sure, Welsh is in fashion right now. Back at the University of South Wales, the Easter course participants are getting ready for another lesson, each of them motivated in their own way to become a part of the Welsh story. And Morvith has a special reason to get excited. All my life I've, I've considered that the more languages people learn, the more communications there are between different nationalities mm -hmm. and therefore less and less problems. What fitting final words and I could not agree more. And with that, I guess it's time to get back to studying. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Fluent Show, a slightly different one to the usual fare. And if you did, please do check us out on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on TuneIn Radio or wherever you listen to this podcast and leave a review if you can. It really makes a big difference. I want to give a shout out to two shows that you will find in the show notes as well. Number one is Language Stories by Lindsay Williams. Yes, my co-host. And she really inspired me to try this different way of telling a story about a specific language. Language Stories is full of stories like this about languages when, that Lindsay has encountered during her travels through the Americas and also now through Southeast Asia. 
And I also want to give a shout out to The World in Words from PRI, which is a radio documentary show. And they did a really interesting episode about the Welsh language that complements today's episode quite nicely. So do check it out. You'll find all of this and lots more information about Camdefus, about language activism, about the Camraig 2050 target, all in the show notes at www.fluent.show. I also recommend you take a little look and perhaps download the app Smart Cards Plus and you can get a free month from them if you go to smartcardsplus.com slash fluent. That's our wonderful sponsor for this episode. That's it from me for now. I'm looking forward to hearing from you guys. And next week, it's another Q&A episode where I take your questions on anything and everything related to language learning. I'm looking forward to hearing from you guys soon. Check me out on Twitter at The Fluent Show. Bye.